What did the dustpan say to the broom? You sweep me off my feet. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of Starting Sustainability, hosted by yours truly, Kaylin Chenoweth. I hope everybody is having a wonderful Monday morning. I've had quite a few Monday of Mondays <laughs> lately, so I hope yours is much more pleasant. Before we get into the heart of today's episode, <laughs> did you get my pun there? It's a Valentine's Day episode in the heart. <laughs> All right, anyways, so <laughs> we're going to catch up with Kaylin. My van, which had the check engine light come on for the sixth time, which I believe is where we left off in communications on last episode, it's back in the shop. This time it was the thermostat, if anybody really cares. Apparently that's a part that has something to do with regulating the temperature of the engine. So it's important because if it's stuck shut, then the engine will overheat. Not that that's going to happen when it's currently 12 degrees outside, but it could happen. <laughs> it will happen at some point in the future when the weather warms up for sure. I also wanted to share that while Channing was up in Iowa, he stayed at Holiday Inn, and that's important because he told me when he was at the Holiday Inn, they did not have the little plastic bottles for shampoo and conditioner, which is great. Instead, they had big metal containers screwed into the shower wall, and those metal containers held pump bottles, so a pump bottle of shampoo and conditioner, and that way housekeeping would just refill them and completely avoid the waste of all the little plastic bottles, and that is so awesome. That just made my day, so I wanted to share that with everybody. Since his company put him up in the hotel, Channing didn't really get a say in it or get to pick, so I was just very impressed and excited that his company picked a sustainably focused hotel chain. I sat there and analyzed it, and if you really think about it, it's extremely cost-effective for the hotel, and it saves thousands of little plastic bottles from going to the landfill each year. And that's just for the one building, the one hotel. Imagine all of the Holiday Inns all across the globe. I don't know if they're American only or if they're around the world, but either way, it's millions of little plastic bottles that have been avoided going to the landfill. Pretty cool. At this moment in time, Channing is back from his two-week training in Iowa. I did survive being a single parent. To be honest, raising the three kids by myself really wasn't that bad. The kids were great. It took me the first week to figure out an efficient routine and a schedule, but then by the second week, I was able to watch a couple of TV shows in the evening because I even had a little bit of spare time. I got caught up on the Jeffrey Epstein docuseries on Netflix, Jennifer Lopez's Shotgun Wedding, which was a lot more action and funny than I thought it was going to be. It was very entertaining. And the last thing I saw was This Changes Everything by Gina Davis, which is also a great docuseries about basically empowering women in Hollywood. And I found it very fascinating. While Channing was out, friends and family did follow up and check in on me, make sure everything was okay and asked how it was being a single parent of three kids. And like I said, the kids really truly were great. The stresses that I encountered were not kid related at all. It was things like the garage door opener stopped working. Another issue was a big snowstorm came in. That left me stuck shoveling the driveway with a baby strapped to me in the carrier underneath my coat. I had her zipped up and her little face was peeking out. 
She was fine. She slept through it. It would have been a whole lot easier to shovel without a baby on my chest. <laughs> and because of this, each morning I had to remember to start the van early to let it warm up, scrape off ice, shuttle the three kids out into the cold and then into the van, all because of that stupid garage door not working. Another major stressor that I encountered was because both Channing, Channing was out of town and then I had to be out of town. So both of us were out of town Thursday and Friday. The first week, my super awesome sister Dawn came to the rescue and hung out with the kids and watched them for me. Thank you so much. The second week, all my family was out of town or busy and couldn't do it. That's okay. That's fine. I hired a sitter two weeks in advance. I hired the sitter. And then two days beforehand, she notified me that she would not be able to watch the kids and she canceled on me. And that created a huge amount of stress, <laughs> significant amount of stress, because now I need to find somebody to watch all three kids all day, all night and all day while I'm out of town. Thankfully, God is good and was helping me. I did find another sitter to watch my kids. They went and stayed at her place. And my sister Michelle came over and took care of Ruger, our dog, and let him out a couple of times each day. On the drive home on Friday night, she called and connected with me and told me that she let Ruger out and he was doing great and that there was a stray cat in our backyard. And that Ruger stopped and stared at it and then took off and chased after him. And Ruger is fast and he caught the cat and there was a brawl. The cat did get away. Ruger caught him again, a second brawl, and then the cat got away and ran up a tree. In Ruger's defense, that stray cat has been in our backyard taunting him for the last eight months. <laughs> and so he finally got the cat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that cat's not going to come back. The cat did survive. It was fine as far as we could tell. Ruger had a couple of scratches, but all was well. Later on that night, Friday night, late at night, Channing made it home after his 10 hour drive back from Iowa. And that was a huge relief. <laughs> and while we were doing our evening routine of dinner and cleanup, we noticed the cat pee smell, but couldn't really find it. And then later on, we were playing with the kids and we smelled it again. So we got on our hands and knees and we smelled the carpet and the blankets and the pillows, all the bedding, everything that a cat would want to pee on. And we could not figure out where this cat pee smell was coming from. It was sometimes in the kitchen. It was sometimes in the living room and it was sometimes in the kid's bedroom. It was coming and going in waves and we could not figure it out. We eventually just gave up. We got ready for bed and lay down on the bed. Ruger jumped up on the bed to color with us like he always does. And after not seeing Channing for two weeks, he was all up in his business, super happy to be cuddling. And that's when we noticed the cat pee smell was really strong. Turns out it was Ruger. <laughs> it was Ruger. <laughs> the cat that he caught must have peed during the fight and it got all over Ruger during the tussle, which is really funny. <laughs> He literally scared the pee out of the cat. Two baths later, Ruger still smelled like cat pee. <laughs> but at least it was much more reduced and tolerable at that point. So we're just going to let it fade away on its own. Now that Channing is back, you bet that I cashed in on some me time. On Sunday, I escaped and hung out with some girlfriends that I hadn't seen for quite some time. We met up and we went to an international grocery market. It's basically set up just like a grocery store, but each aisle is a different region of the world. For example, aisle one is South America, aisle two is Europe, aisle three is Africa, aisle four is Southeast Asia, and so on and so forth. I do understand shopping international items is not really sustainable or eco-friendly, 
because of the carbon emissions to transport everything around the world are pretty ridiculous. However, I'm a foodie and I really love to try new things. And I love traveling, but my chances of traveling all over the world are really slim at this point because all my finances are spent on daycare <laughs> and last minute babysitters are very expensive. And world travel is pretty expensive at this stage in our life. So maybe one day I will get to do that. But until then, I'll get my travel fix in by going to international grocery stores and trying all the food items from around the world. The name of the store is called Saragas, and it's in Indianapolis, Indiana. Even though shopping international items isn't fully sustainable, I did the best that I could, and that's what is important. You don't have to be 100% sustainable 100% of the time. It's a great goal, but it's totally unobtainable. So here's what we did. We carpooled to the store. Check. Saved on carbon emissions. Good. <laughs> there were no reusable bags because the car that we took was not mine. And I had a bunch in the back of my car and didn't even think about it until we got to the parking lot. And I asked my friend, do you have reusable bags in the back of your car? And she said, no. <laughs> so we're kind of stuck there. I did get as many items as I could in sustainable packaging. And it was surprisingly easy to find goodies in sustainable packaging at the international market. Apparently the rest of the world is pretty darn on board with saving the earth and going plastic free. I was able to get a lot of juice drinks that came in cans or glass bottles. Lots of chocolates and candies were wrapped in paper or cardboard. Speaking of chocolates and goodies, Valentine's Day is coming up. Which brings me to the heart of this episode. I know it's the same joke, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> Today is February 13th, which means tomorrow is Valentine's Day. When it comes to gifts, you can get someone anything that you want. But I would say on Valentine's Day, there are kind of the top three gifts of flowers, chocolate, and cards. And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. If you didn't place a flower order by now, you're probably not going to be getting the flowers. <laughs> if you're a last minute person and you didn't think that through, go for a plant. You can definitely get a plant that is just a flowering plant and will continue to produce flowers as long as the plant is alive. Or you can get a beneficial plant like an herb plant or a vegetable plant, a fruit tree, something like that. If you did already place an order for flowers, hopefully it was local. If you are the recipient of flowers and they will get to the point where they are no longer salvageable, at that point, you can compost them versus throwing them into the trash and going to the landfill. You can also hang them upside down to dry them and save them. And you can make a craft or make potpourri. Is potpourri still a thing? Do people still use potpourri? I think by now it's all been replaced by Glade and Febreze plugins. But if you do want to make potpourri, go for it. Another very popular gift idea for Valentine's Day would be chocolates. Hey, look, for me, it doesn't even have to be Valentine's Day. You can buy me chocolates any day of the year. For birthdays, anniversaries, because it's a Tuesday, all of these are great reasons to buy me chocolate. <laughs> if you want to get chocolate as a gift for somebody, you can make your own chocolates, do little homemade candies. It's really not that hard. You can melt it in the microwave and then dip something in it. You can dip in pretzel rods, cashew nuts, brownie bites, whatever you want. If you don't have time or don't want to make any homemade chocolate goodies, that's also okay. You can shop local. You can find a local chocolatier and candy store and do it that way. You can also bring your own container. That way you're not relying on plastic bags for them to package up their chocolates. You can just bring your own container and ask them to put it in that. And you can even bring your own cute little gift container. 
If you were smart enough to save the little heart-shaped box from last year, you can now use it again and refill it with great quality local chocolates. And the last item is a card. You can buy a card, which is a lot of time to go to the store, a lot of time to pick it out, very expensive. <laughs> or you can just make one, a homemade card if you're crafty. If you have kids, you can have your kids make a homemade card. Now it gives them something to do and it doesn't cost a lot for this entertainment. And you saved yourself a trip to the store and dealing with the lines. I think it's a win-win-win for everybody all the way around. If homemade cards are not your thing, virtual cards are also great. Very simple, lots of really cute websites where you can have a virtual card emailed and sent to someone. I believe gifts are one major part of Valentine's Day and the other really major, most important part of Valentine's Day is to work on and appreciate one another in your relationships. The rest of this episode is going to be relationship advice focused. Something that Channing and I have done relatively recently within the last couple of months is we have implemented weekly CEO meetings and it's been awesome. And that's why I want to share it with you because being in a relationship, especially with kids, takes communication and planning, scheduling, budgets, all of that stuff. So we have a weekly CEO meeting and Channing and I are the CEOs. We have this meeting at a scheduled day and time. Ours is Tuesday during our lunch breaks. It doesn't have to be in person. It can be over the phone or on Zoom, whatever is easiest. That's why ours is during lunch breaks because that was no kids were around. That was the easiest for us. And the purpose of this meeting is to knock out all of the business needs of being in a relationship. Everyone comes to the meeting, you and your partner are everyone, and they know exactly what to expect. This is the time to coordinate and schedule all that stuff each week for the rest of the week. Depending on how crazy and hectic your family is, you may need two CEO meetings a week. It just depends on what your business needs are for your family. If you have multiple kids, blended families, if you're moving, a vacation is coming up, and that's when you hash out all of the non-fun stuff of being in a relationship. If you follow Dave Ramsey, then you are familiar with EBC meetings, which is Emergency Budget Committee meetings. It's similar in structure. You may need it once a week or two to three times per week, as often as needed. When one person calls for a meeting, both must show up because it is top priority and you need to treat it that way, both you and your partner. So it's the EBC format, but it's the CEO weekly meetings is really what I'm talking about. So do the weekly CEO meetings at a planned time. That way at 10 o'clock at night, Laying down for bed, you don't have to critically think about the next day and figure it all out when your brain is mush and you're exhausted. What I think happens in a lot of relationships, including my own, is that one partner will pay attention to the calendar and delegate to the other, aka nagging, <laughs> about what chores and errands the other one needs to do in order to help this one and by having the weekly CEO meetings, it helps take the chaos and the tension out of the day-to-day. -day, and everybody knows what to expect. And that way it frees up your 10 o'clock time spot for something a lot more fun. You know, like other conversations. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Romance. Intentional romance. What is intentional romance? It's not just about the physical aspect of an adult relationship. <laughs> but to be intentional about listening to your partner and being there on an intimate level, not just sex. The advice I received 
that I love to do are the five A's to help you connect every day with your partner. We do this now at the 10 o'clock p.m. time slot. You can do it whenever. The goal is to do it at least once a day. And I'll be honest, sometimes we fail. Sometimes we only do it twice a week. But doing it only twice a week is still a whole lot better than never doing it all. We want to strive to connect every day and that's what helps keep our marriage in a good position. Please let me explain what the five A's are. The first one is affirmation. This is where you tell each other what you liked about something that day, something that you did or something that was said, whatever it is, tell each other what you liked, something good, affirmation. The second A is affection. Give some affection. It can just be a six second kiss and let the biochemistry work along with that. It doesn't have to be wholeheartedly animal instincts, if you know what I mean, every single night, (laughs) but just holding each other's hands and cuddling, just some type of affection. It doesn't have to go all the way to home base. The third day is ask, asking, what can I do to support you tomorrow? The fourth one is apologize. Did I do anything today that didn't feel good to you? That felt too controlling or too distant or too anything, insert whatever is going on. By the way, the five A's are designed for both of you to ask these questions and reflect for each other. So everybody's asking these questions and everybody's answering. And then the last A is amen. Pray together for each other. Ask, how do you want me to pray for you? And then right then and there, do it. Do it with your partner. Let your partner know that you are praying for them and you guys can pray together. To be honest, this whole topic of relationship building is a small interest of mine. I look for relationship content all the time. It's not easy to find and it's really not easy to talk about with others, which is why I structured this episode this way. There was a little bit of sustainability at the beginning, but a lot of this is just like a sustainable relationship and how do you keep it that way? That's why I put together this episode to share it with you. I have found that when I mention I'm looking for relationship advice, many others jump to conclusions. Things are honestly good with my husband and I want them to stay that way. I don't want for it to get bad and then try to dig out of a hole. I want to instill practices now to help keep things good. Marriage counseling is an option. It's not just for those with issues. It can also be used as a checkup. You don't always go to the doctor when you're sick. It's expected that you go once a year for a healthy checkup just to see where you're at and to catch anything early, right? So it's the same thing with counseling. Unfortunately, counseling is expensive and it's not covered by very many insurances. Mental health counseling is usually covered. You can find that, but marriage counseling is rarely covered. None of my previous places of employment or my husband's places of employment have ever covered marriage counseling. There are some churches that offer marriage counseling marriage retreats, marriage classes, something along those lines. Smaller churches do not always offer these. Sometimes it can be just the minister serving as the counselor and you don't always want the minister knowing your business, especially if you've been going to that church since you were a small kid and and are friends with the minister and everybody knows one another. What you can do is talk with your minister and request for them to connect you with a different minister at another church. There is a network among the churches to ensure privacy this way. At a previous church, I joined a women's group and very quickly learned that even though 
What we shared in this group was confidential. It was not. I shared a personal story of my husband and I, and one of the other women told their husbands, who then told my husband, and that was not okay. (laughs) So I also don't want to go to churches. So marriage counseling is expensive. Churches haven't worked out for me. You might not know this about me, but I'm a big podcast person. (laughs) And I have listened to a variety of podcasts related to relationship advice. And I'm going to spare the ones that I didn't like. And I'm just going to share the ones that I do enjoy and find very beneficial. Because I think you, as my audience listening to a podcast, would also probably appeal to other podcasts especially in terms of relationship advice. The very first one that I really listened to and enjoyed is called Love Letters to Kelly. Kid Craddock in the Morning is a radio show that happens every morning. It takes place in Dallas, Texas, but it's syndicated, so it's all over the U.S. When I lived in Texas, I was introduced to them, but I've been able to find them in Florida and in Indiana, and they also have a podcast. So there is a segment on the radio show called Love Letters to Kelly, where listeners of the show write in with their issues, problems, concerns, they need advice, and Kelly Raspberry is the person who gives advice, and she does a wonderful job. She's been doing it for 20-some years. She's not really certified. She's not an expert with certifications, but she's been doing it a long time, and the advice has been very sound and very applicable. Therefore, I really like it, and that's why I recommend it. Another podcast that I'm very new to is called Dear Young Married Couple. And I really do enjoy this. This one does have a religious base to it, but it's a beautiful blend of religion, spirituality, and concrete advice. They discuss and give you tools to help you learn some of the challenging things. When you're in a relationship, both partners come from different families, different backgrounds, different experiences in life. So things aren't always going to be 100% hunky-dory. Everybody agrees all the time and everything is fine. And there's never any issues or troubles at all. (laughs) That's not reality. Dear Young Married Couple does discuss how you can fight fair without having something as simple as a sock on the floor turn into World War III. You know, they they give you instructions. They give you tools on how to navigate a sexual relationship. That's very uncomfortable to talk about sometimes. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. There's a lot of pressure to look a certain way and perform a certain way. And there's expectations. And, And the purpose of this podcast is to address those issues and help navigate you through the complexities of being in a relationship. So far, I've listened to about five or six episodes, and I've been very impressed. I'm going to keep listening, and I I do like it quite a lot. The last podcast is called The John Deloney Show. Channing found this one. He really enjoys John Deloney. And if you follow Dave Ramsey for finance advice, John Deloney is a family counselor who is on the Ramsey show, has been a guest quite a few times and ended up getting his own show with Dave Ramsey. So now he's with Ramsey Studios or Ramsey Incorporated. I'm not sure what the official title is there, but John Deloney does have his own show now. You can also watch him on YouTube. Channing, for one, is not a podcast person. Therefore, the YouTube version is how he got hooked, introduced it to me, and I found the podcast version. It's all the same stuff. One's just the audio. The other one's the audio and the visual. What is really nice about all of three of these podcasts is that you can scroll through the episodes and pick out the topics that best relate to you. 
You don't have to listen to them in order. You can just select the ones that you need for that moment in your life. Now, before we end, I have an HR tip of the day. Today is Monday, February 13th, and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So before you take any action tomorrow at work, I strongly suggest that you review your company's fraternization policy. That way you don't get into trouble and I don't have to write you up. (laughs) It's time for the challenge. There are a lot of tools that I shared with you today. I think the one that I found most valuable and pertinent would be the five A's. And I do challenge you to do it with your partner every single night for one week. After that, you can slow down. But do it every night for one week. and Or if nighttime doesn't work, you can also do it during the morning or whatever time works best. Do it at least once a day for one week. And I picked this challenge because I think this will be the one to be the most dramatically effective in your relationship. Do you remember what the five A's are? I'll do a quick recap for you. Affirmation, affection, asking, apologize, amen. Pray together at the end. It's been great, Sustainer Nation. Continue to save the world. I will talk to you all again on February 27th. That'll be the next episode. And we will review how somebody did the impossible of making water out of thin air. Until then, happy Valentine's Day. Bye.